Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Living Madly. I'm your host, Mad, and today I have... (laughs) I can't... I'm giggling. (laughs) With me, a very, very, very special human. Her name is Colleen. What's your last name? Howell. Howell. Colleen Howell. (laughs) And you can find her on Instagram at Green Colleen. She is a... An empowerment coach for vulva owning humans when it comes to hormones sex what what other things do you kind of teach people about I mean I the focus is like hormone health and sexual health education menstrual cycle awareness and all other realms that um, educate and empower vulva owners to lead their best life oh I love I love that I love that I also love that you call us vulva owning vulva owning because I I'm like so over the word vagina. Yeah. Because that's so incorrect. Like, right? Right. I mean, yeah, that was something that was really mind blowing for me because I always thought that like that entire space down there, because that's what we're taught is a vagina, but really the external genitalia on a female bodied person is a vulva. And then the internal like canal is is the vagina. Oh my God. Yeah. So like the clitoris and like the the labia and all those other good bits, that's all the vulva. Damn. That's so funny. (laughs) The more you know, humans, the more you know. Okay. (laughs) So we're just going to get started with a few rapid fire questions. Just really fun things for us to get to know you better. So the first one, where are you from and where do you live now? So I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. So that's Northern Virginia, like 20 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. And I now live in Boulder, Colorado. I moved out here, gosh, almost well two years ago now in like a month so oh wow yeah what um what wait so did you move to boulder before the pandemic i moved the week it began which was not planned yeah so (laughs) i started um my plans to move out at the end of 2019 and i you know set up my whole schedule and whatnot to uh, transfer out with my job and okay. set up my lease for the last week of March. And that was when like wow. the president made the announcement that yeah. like we're going to have two weeks of this pandemic. And then, yeah, so it was kind of a weird time because I feel like we truly had no idea what was going on. I mean, I was like, are the highways going to be shut down? Am I even going to be able to make it out to Colorado? Wow, so damn. my mom drove out with me from Virginia, actually. And um, there was like barely any hotels open cities were shut down yeah. so it was supposed to be you know it's it's actually a fun drive I mean we made um, Louisville Kentucky St. Louis Missouri and Kansas City Kansas and Missouri that was new to me I didn't know it was a split city <laughs> isn't that funny <laughs> they're the same thing but they're just yeah. across the river yes weird but yeah so very insightful um but yeah, I mean, it was cool to pass through them. But yeah, they were all ghost towns. So it was definitely an interesting time to move somewhere new. But at the same time, I was so grateful to move out to a place with so much outdoor access. Because that was the only thing that we could really do at that point. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask because we moved to Denver in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like I didn't even get enough of the city before it all got shut down. So was it hard moving to a city like 
not kind of being able to make friends at first. Yeah, I mean, I moved out here really not knowing anyone. Yeah. It was kind of like what we were just talking about before. It's like people know people loosely or like, oh, I have a friend of a friend. You should yeah. like, you know, meet up with them. And um, But of course, you know, during a pandemic when everyone's worried about being with people, that's not ideal. So truly, I would say the, f- like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like the last week of March to like, I don't know, probably mid-summer, I was, I've always been pretty good or like I've worked on this to spend so much time with myself so like truly every like week day evening so summer so like long sunshiny days um and then weekends I just like hiked like a wild woman like I feel like I just I hiked so much I mean I was you know I was determined to like really understand the trails of Boulder cool and then I started to explore explore like the bigger mountains and I honestly didn't even realize at that point that like there was such a huge difference in altitude and oh, with yeah. that altitude comes colder temperatures. Yeah. Like oh, I was yeah. like, you know, it's like summertime. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna wear shorts and like sleeveless, like how I'm doing in Boulder, and then you get out to, you know, a few thousand feet higher and it's it's pretty it's, cold. Yeah. And the wind's whipping in your face yeah. and you're like, what did I get myself into? This is so fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Precisely. <laughs> do, do you um, know your zodiac sign? Yes. Yeah. So I started getting into astrology f- a few years ago. So my sun sign is Taurus. Fun. And then just added bonus, my moon sign is Capricorn, rising sign is Virgo. So oh, I'm wow. triple earth for the big three. Yes, you are. Yeah. And I can just say like your energy is so grounding. Like I only know one other person like this and mm. I was just like very excited to talk to you today because you're just so soothing and peaceful and just you remind me of mother earth i don't know i don't know what a compliment oh my gosh it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy um do you do like human design do you know any of that or myers-briggs i know my human design type but i i honestly that's something i need to explore more i know i'm a generator which is uh, ruled by the sacral yes i think that's how yes refer to yes. it yes it's really important especially i think for anyone but especially for generators to um to listen to like what yeah what their gut is telling them and yeah. like what energizes them because if you're like doing something that doesn't align with you or you're not passionate about right. you're not going to have the energy to do it boom that's it that's exactly it yeah, do you know your so myers-briggs do you yes Ooh, what um, infj INFJ? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Same. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's funny. In high school though, I've taken it probably like five times since high school and now, but I'm like really on the borderline of extrovert, introvert. Same. I would say, yeah, I mean, I think as I've gotten older, I'm more introverted, but yeah, I'm, yeah, it's like a 50-50. Yeah. Well, I... Every every time I tell someone I'm an INFJ, they're like, no, you're not. You're the biggest extrovert I ever... Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but... I can show up extroverted, but I need to relax. Like, I need my alone time. If I don't get my alone time, I'm a monster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I can just, yeah. Yeah. Did you know INFJs are, like, very rare? Yeah. Yeah. I know there's there's a few um, pretty, you know, historic figures that are INFJs. And forget, I know Gandhi's one of them. Yes. There's some other cool ones. Like, wow, feel special. (laughs) Yeah, we're so special. Um, Okay. This is a question that everyone loves, and I love asking it. If you had the opportunity mm-hmm. to go into space, if you had the opportunity to travel into space to explore a new Earth, 
would you go or stay on earth this earth forever it's kind of hard okay my one question before i answer yes in my decision to go to this new earth that's not this earth would i be able to come back or is it indefinite so i always want to say there's an option for you to come back but then at the same time i'm like it's space and i I envision the new earth being like kind of light years away so like if you do come back you're gonna be what 30 years old and everyone that you know and love is gonna be maybe here or like 80 years old do you know what i'm saying because like light years into the future so yeah you could come back but we're not sure actually okay so i have like <laughs> it's so I, hard. I reflect a little bit i mean i'm honestly grateful that i've heard this question before because it is such a hard one and it's honestly hard. my answer would be to stay cool because yeah i mean i just feel like like this is our home like we were we were brought into existence on this planet for a reason to yes. like you know care for it and just be stewards to it so i feel like i don't want to leave it behind i am the same yeah total earth girl i'm like ask me in 10 years maybe i'll change my mind (laughs) i'm not sure but like i just yeah we we have so much to do down here we do yeah and yeah we're grateful i'm i'm grateful to be here yeah um coffee or tea it depends on when in the day i really do love coffee i mean i the whole like sensory experience of it like i love like you know grinding the beans and just like the smell like sometimes i won't want coffee in the morning i actually i really love um I've been doing a lot of mud water lately. I don't know if you've oh, seen like advertisements. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. The chai. Yeah, so it's like yeah. chai and the cacao um, and different medicinal mushrooms. So yeah. I, I've been loving that. But um, I feel like I can even derive my enjoyment from like my partner making coffee. And even if I don't want it, like I love, like I said, like the grinding of the beans, like the aroma, and like also just holding a mug. That could be coffee, tea, mud water, whatever. But like that just like brings me so much joy honestly yeah, yeah in the mornings but then for sure i would say after i'm kind of a sensitive sleeper so after noon for sure i just like cut off all caffeine and tea switch to herbal teas yeah yeah um making coffee is just like a ritual for me mm-hmm. like i i need to or yeah. else it's just oh, well not need to but i just love it like you said yeah it's a whole thing yeah and also i was just listening to a podcast uh I think it was a couple of days ago but it was actually on um like coffee as a whole and like i feel like it's such a it's such a nuanced thing because i feel like there's like a dichotomy of like you know it's bad for you in this way but it's good for you in this way and it's like all the studies that have been done have shown that it depends on how you approach it like so many things so it's like if you are using it as a crutch as like you know something you're dependent on or you're like in a you're running out the door grabbing your coffee because you need it you need the energy right but if you have like a more like ritualistic approach to it and you don't need it but you're like using it just you know as like something that you enjoy and right. you're just being slow and sitting with it your body actually like works with it a lot differently right and it's like with anything else it's balance mm-hmm. like if you're drinking eight cups a day <laughs> yeah yeah you're not gonna have a good experience with coffee (laughs) and it might fuck some shit up (laughs) yeah but like if you're drinking yeah if you're doing it slow and being mindful about it that's the key to life being mindful honestly Mm -hmm. totally um smoothie or oatmeal oh my gosh it's funny you asked this um i actually had like an immense smoothie bowl (gasps) 
obsession for like five years where that was all I had every single day. Oh my god, same. I mean, every single morning for breakfast. And then something just kind of switched. It was like I was still doing that when I moved out here, and it was about a year ago. Even if, I don't know, even if it was like freezing out, it was snow on the ground. I'd be like, I need my smoothie bowl. And I don't know if you're into like Ayurveda, or like the love doshas. Ayurveda. I love Ayurveda. So I'm, yeah, I'm very, yeah, I'm definitely predominantly pitta, and so that made sense with like the smoothie to like cool me down. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know, something shifted, and I feel like now I do a lot more oatmeal. Um, but just yeah, they're both of them are great though. I feel like you can put so many different, um, so many different nuts, seeds, whatever other like add-ins, and it's a great way to hide, yeah, different yeah. nutrients you want. Yeah, th- exactly. That's they're my two favorite breakfasts because you can hide so many nutrients. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with oatmeal. I love sm- I was also a big smoothie girl, but then like. I made a bowl of savory oats one day and it changed my life. Like olive oil, salt and pepper, like kale, you know what I mean? Tomato, like a roasted tomato, roast kale in this smoothie bowl. It was the best thing. Nutritional yeast. It was like. Oh my God. So good. I'll send you recipes. Please do. Actually, my partner Tom did that one day and like. I don't know. I was like, that's cool. But that's, I don't know. I don't know if I can get behind that. But I think I, I mean, that kind of sounds like it's like a delicious. Um, oh, it's so. I'm thinking of like a risotto type. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Would you rather. Well, actually, let me ask you first. You this first. Are you more of a homebody or an adventure bug? Like, what, what do you prefer Gosh, I, it's a hard one too. I feel like it's the same with like the extroverted, introverted tendencies. Yeah. I definitely need to recharge. So it's like, I feel like through and through I'm a homebody. Like I love having like my very nourishing, cozy space. Um, but I also love adventuring. So it's like trying to find that balance. Like I was thinking, I feel like the nomadic life has become so popular. So popular. Yeah. And I'm just like trying to be realistic if that would work for me because it sounds super cool but I definitely need to feel like really grounded so I feel like my idea would maybe to be you know doing maybe like a month-long trip coming back to my home base and then you know having that balance yeah I love that so I really yes (laughs) um so would you rather adventure to the mountains or the desert or the beach oh and this is a loaded question I know it might not be a rapid fire question, but I'm just so curious. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it's so Ooh. hard. Dream vacation, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, because I've been in Colorado for some time and, you know, the climate is pretty dry, which I actually really like. Um, I'm going to cancel out desert, even though there's some really cool deserty spots. And I was in Utah this last summer. Loved it. Um, but I've really been craving like going to a jungle as of late, you know, just like just immersing myself in that yes. like humid climate and you know the lush vegetation and yeah greenery everywhere yeah yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. I've also been craving a jungle vacation I've been telling her because we always before we lived here our vacations were always to Colorado to go skiing you know what I yeah. mean so I was like yeah. we need to change it up okay this is my favorite question for you uh the follicular phase or the ovulatory phase did i say those right yes you said it perfectly (laughs) oh gosh um (laughs) honestly i'm gonna say follicular same yeah because i feel like it's so exciting when you're starting to observe that rise in energy yes and like other good feels in your body um 
and yeah i mean it's like this emergence from like your inner winter or like you know your menstruation when you're bleeding so i feel like it's very exciting and also i know some people experience this i'm one of them um but a lot of times when i ovulate i get middle schmers which is like a slight ache on one side depending on where i'm ovulating from wait what was that called (laughs) it's called middle schmers middle schmers yeah it's a german word (laughs) i know it's a fun word (laughs) so cute (laughs) i know but it's yeah so it's like it's not like anything super serious but it's like it can range from like a a tingling sensation that'll last like a few hours to like 48 hours to like kind of this uh like dull ache oh my god yeah so it's like hello you're ovulating i'm here i'm working yeah that's crazy yeah um one thing you are obsessed with like right now and it could be anything it could be an idea thing place person whatever you know one thing you're obsessed with hmm it could be like a little thing under 15 dollars you know what i'm saying it could be Mm -hmm. um Honestly, what I've been getting more into, and it's partially because of this course that I'm in, is, like, really setting up this, like, sacred ceremonial space for my own self-pleasure practice. And, yeah, in my, like, room and, like, you know, just everything to, like, entertain my senses around. Just, like, you know, making sure my eyes feel, like, you know, comforted and, like, I don't know, with different scents and, like, soft uh, fabrics and, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. We all need to do that. Yes. We all need to do that. And then one thing you're grateful for. I mean, being here right now, I feel <laughs> so grateful. <laughs> yeah. If you guys have not been to Maddie's space, it is absolutely incredible. There's like greenery, plants, and just so cozy. And yes. got to meet her her lovely pup, Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Chow, chow. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm grateful that you're here too. I seriously so am. So... Um, before we really jump into it and dive in, I kind of just want to learn. I'm like more fascinated about humans and what they do and why they do it. Um, so I kind of want to talk about you first. So how the heck did you get into all of this? Like, were you very aware of this as a child? Did you have kind of an experience that triggered all of this? You know what, you know what I'm saying? You know where I'm going with mm-hmm. this? Yeah, you're shaking your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what, what did Colleen get into that she was like, oh, I need to learn all about female, like female body's health, you know, mm-hmm. hormonal health. Um, Honestly, it wasn't something that I knew that I wanted to get into when I was like younger, but it was when I got off hormonal birth control in 2016 after being on it for seven years and never really questioning it. But I think my whole like awakening, I'd say my catalyst to just like asking more questions and like trying to uh, just connect more with like my body and like trying to uncover truths was when I went vegan in 20 or 2013 um damn so it was also trying to get back to like just a more natural way of living right so you know i was like recognizing that i was on this pharmaceutical drug that i was going to the pharmacy and refilling every month and at the time i wasn't even sexually active and i also was like coming to awareness that i didn't really know what it was and i was you know putting in my body every single day so i just intuitively got off of it in 
January 2016 um, without really researching like the process or anything. I was just like, you know, I'm kind of done with it, so I'm just going to stop taking it. And then within those next six months, all of these adverse symptoms started to to show up in my body. Um, first of all, I wasn't getting my period, but then I later learned that you're not actually um, menstruating or getting your period bleed while on hormonal birth control. It's actually a pill bleed. It's like a withdrawal bleed. No. So way. it makes sense that you don't have your period after you get off of it because you haven't the entire time. So it's your body, you know, that whole adjustment period back to your, um, you know, your natural hormonal rhythm. Um, yeah, other things, I mean, I actually went on hormonal birth control for acne when I was, mm. or that was, I mean, truthfully I was you know a senior in high school I just like had my first boyfriend and like all my friends were on hormonal birth control and I was like well like I'm going to a dermatologist for my skin and I know that sometimes they prescribe it for acne so I'll just like use that because I grew up in a very conservative religious household and I was like I'll tell them that but like I also know that helps (laughs) and I won't get pregnant because I I think that's the only thing you can do to not get pregnant (laughs) um so so yeah that was I mean why at least I mean that was the reason I got on it um so I actually got like the worst breakouts ever way worse than I ever had um also my hair growth changed a ton which was really interesting um my head hair got thicker and more curly oh wow Um, it actually used to be as curly as it is now when I was younger and then when I got on hormonal birth control I didn't realize this was why it was just I was going off to college and I was like wow my hair is like kind of like thinner and more relaxed it was like wavy it's really interesting to look back at pictures if I know you guys aren't looking at me but I have very curly Curly, coarse hair yeah (laughs) um and yeah, it's just like a lot of um, like male pattern symptoms because basically a lot of women experience um, like a boost in androgens or testosterone mm-hmm. when getting off hormonal birth control. So like male pattern hair growth tends to happen, sometimes balding at the scalp and then um, hair growth in places that like male bodied people typically would have and then female bodied would not. So that's, you mm-hmm. know, it's a lot of things that affect quality of life and when they're not um, addressed, they yeah. can just worsen. So um, then I was, you know, deep diving into like what this was all about and uh, my first book that really opened my eyes was woman code by elisa vitti which i highly recommend and then um i read so many other books in that space and um then in 2020 i became a certified hormone health specialist but you know that was just to kind of like get that certification so i could then you know educate and empower other people in a more professional sense but um yeah i mean i just continued to deep dive into like everything that everything in the realm of like just being a vulva owner um you know as far as like sexual health and like all of these myths and like you know narratives that we're told that just simply aren't true so right. it's just there's been so much i mean it's hard to even you know Articulate. cover in one conversation yeah. or you know fully capture it's so it's so crazy because i know for a fact that a lot of people don't know that getting off it can cause all this damage to your body. Um, Like, I just don't, like, why do doctors push it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what? I I don't understand why people do it. I've never done it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's like this, I don't know for sure either, but part of me feels like it's some OBGYNs or doctors that are prescribing it don't fully understand it right because i mean that's just something that they're not like fully taught and it's more like what's marketed to them by the pharmaceutical companies oh my god um or they just don't think there's another viable option which is so far from the truth as well right 
Um, so yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I always think the best of people. It's like so people true. only know as good as so true. I did. Yeah, only do I, as good as they know. <laughs> I did go down a little bit of a negative little spout, but um, I mean, what are alternatives these days? There, the non-hormonal birth control methods. Um, there is the copper IUD. Of course, oh. it is something that you're putting inside of your body, so there, that comes with risks. So that's not the same as hormonal hormonal birth control because. The birth control is like a hormone, right? like what is? Yeah, so horm- there's many times of types of hormonal birth control as well. Uh, the most common is a pill. Okay. Um, then there's like a hormonal IUD. Oh, okay. There's a patch you can wear. Um, there is. And what and like what does it do? It it pumps in more hormones to you. So, uh, like how do you yeah know? so i mean this is yeah this is just basic information that yeah. you think you would be taught being right. on it <laughs> right but basically um the communication between your brain and your ovaries is completely shut off mm. so your own natural hormones i mean hormones are chemical messengers that relay you know various various um, messages so um your progesterone and estrogen um, your natural progesterone and estrogen are completely shut off um and your testosterone is suppressed. Mm. And then typically a pill, um, hormonal birth control pill, would have progestin, which is the artificial form of progesterone, mm. and um, the artificial estrogen. So, mm. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, basically what's happening is, like, you're not ovulating. Right. And ovulation comes with so many health benefits. Right. And then if you don't ovulate, you don't menstruate. So you're also not menstruating. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> So there's the copper IUD, which does not get in the way, does not do anything with hormones? No. So the way the copper IUD works is that copper itself, it's like a chemical reaction to the sperm and like the sperm just like, it's like a, they just repel from it. Oh, damn. Yeah. So (laughs) that's how that works. I know there's some complications that can arise, but... Yeah. yeah, and then there's like nuva rings. Are those hormonal? No, no. Uh, oh wait, sorry. Yeah, nuva rings are. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, they they basically all of them emit some form of artificial progesterone and estrogen. Okay. And your yeah your ovulation shut down, but as far as non hormonal. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, copper AD, But then there's also some other. I mean, my top recommendation is the fertility awareness method, which I'll get into in just a bit. But um, the other, like, physical forms or things you can, like, put on yourself or in yourself, um, there's this new cream called Fexi. Oh. It's supposed to be really effective, but you actually just, like... Put it around. Yeah. I think I've heard of this, like, yeah. an hour before sex or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never tried it myself, but I've heard really good things. So that's wow. an option. There's... um cervical dams there's um oh wow there's there's options yeah yeah so there's definitely options if you don't um want to take on the responsibility of the fertility awareness method um basically it is you very carefully tracking your temperature upon waking up every morning oh my god your cervical fluid and then other bodily feels oh so (laughs) yeah so you can do that like in an app or you could do that on like a a journal just you know pen and paper cool but um yeah so i mean i think it's really empowering to like actually understand where you're at in your cycle and like make informed decisions that way on and we can get into this but just all the different phases and they fluctuate with energy and the nourishment that you might need for each phase so um, to be able to track your cycle so precisely, confirm ovulation, like when your fertile window is, which is important for either you're trying to avoid pregnancy or trying to conceive. Right. So, um, 
yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's something you have to dedicate yourself to. Cause like I said, you just, every time you wake up in the morning, you take your temperature right away before you drink water or mm-hmm. uh, move around too much. Um, and then your cervical fluid. So it's like what shows up in your underwear, which mm. is another thing. I feel like we're just not taught that that's normal. I know yeah. I always just growing up, I was like, do I have like a yeast infection? Like I was like, I don't know what's going on down there. <laughs> but yeah, so that's actually like very telling normal. information, like depending on the consistency of that cervical fluid. Wait, what should <laughs> we be looking for? Like what's a good consistency? Sorry, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> I know it's it's interesting stuff. It's so interesting. <laughs> um, so the most important uh, consistency to be looking out for is like a um, like a sticky, almost like a, like egg white substance. Okay. So it's like slippery, kind of like, and it makes sense because when you are your most fertile, usually mm-hmm. like in your follicular phase leading up to ovulation, mm-hmm. that is when the cervical fluid is super slippery to then allow mm. the sperm to mm. move away, move, you know, as it's going to. Mm. And then you're a little bit more drier. Um, yeah, just less slippery in your your um, your cervical mucus and other points in your face where you're not as fertile. Wow. 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 So... Oh my god, I'm like I'm I'm shocked. <laughs> I didn't know this was a way to like track it all, you know what I'm saying? I've only known the temperature method. Yeah. And I've like done an app and my good friend Jocelyn taught me about the phases and how every phase matters in its own way and all of that. So I'd love to dive into that fun stuff. Yeah. If that's yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, absolutely. And yeah. I would say uh, the importance so the fertility awareness method it's like a symptom is this your method no no this is like a like an tried actual and thing. true oh, wow. yeah there's so people can google it yeah for okay, sure cool. yeah and it's do you a, teach it though yeah yeah okay yeah perfect. i teach it yeah um i actually yeah have a course that's actually designed for helping women transition off of hormonal birth control so in that we go through it in depth but um yeah so it's really important basically like the most important the focus of this is to be able to understand when your fertile window is mm. so it's that's another like mind-blowing thing that i learned in this is that it's only five to six days of your entire cycle mm. so it's like the five to six days leading up to the day you ovulate so if you're able to confirm that mm. then you're able to confirm that fertile window and then when you continue to track all this data you know you'll be able to predict a bit better right so 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 what are the four phases? Mm-hmm. So it's it starts with the follicular, right? Or it's I mean, I mean you it's all wherever you want, really. Where we, yeah, but yeah, I mean, cycle day one is like usually the first day you start bleeding, so that's oh, your God. menstrual oh, phase. Oh, your period. Oh my God, see, I am so I bad mean, at hey, this. You can start <laughs> wherever you want. <laughs> no, this is embarrassed. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's the thing we're not i mean if you don't go out of your way to learn this you just you don't know you have no idea yeah. it's been a while it's, it's been weird a while. that we're not taught this but it's crazy that we're not yeah. really taught this in depth as women and what's embarrassing i feel like in health class is that not only are you learning this but you're learning this amongst your peers and people make fun it's like mm-hmm. when you're a child it's like meh girls get periods <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean oh my like, gosh it's a yeah. embarrassing and you just like kind of tune it all out so uh-huh. 
crazy I'm sorry I'm so uneducated about it <laughs> no oh my gosh I wasn't either and that's like I yeah. feel like that's been a huge motivation to like like I I don't know the work that I'm doing and like just trying to educate myself and others is like I have this little younger Colleen in my mind you yes. know because she didn't know any of this stuff and right because she didn't she chose to like disconnect from her body in so many ways right because she didn't yeah she didn't understand it but um yeah so it starts with the menstrual phase so cycle days one to roughly seven and you know it all depends on the on the person everyone's bodies are different so um then and that's I like to also say like all of the phases are also very much connected to the earthly seasons and the Mm. lunar cycle so the menstrual phase that's when you're bleeding it's also associated with the winter season Mm. so you can think of all the activities that you'd be doing in the winter months so you know you're you're kind of like resting yeah cozy nourishing you're super cozy um and yeah that's your opportunity to to rest and just yeah nourish yourself give yourself that permission and then move into the follicular phase and that is more your internal spring uh like what maddie and i were talking about earlier it's um you know, your energy is rising and, um, you're blooming internally. Um, and yeah, so that's usually cycle day eight to roughly cycle day 13. And then this isn't always the case, but typically, um, vulva owners ovulate on day 14, but that mm. can totally range. And that's why it's really important to track your cycle. So, you know, uh, but your ovulation is more like your internal summer. So mm. that's when you are, you know, your testosterone, your estrogen, your, your serotonin is at peak. So you're feeling super good, super social. Your libido is mm. the highest. Um, you know, think of all the activities that you'd be doing in the summer and yeah, that's what you want to focus on. And then the next is actually the longest phase and that's the luteal phase. So that's roughly cycle day 15 to 28, depending on the length of your cycle, but that is your internal autumn. And, um, in the beginning, you still have that, you know, higher energy. And, um, as you move on and you lead up to your period, then, you know, you have lower energy levels and, um, it's definitely, you know, you're moving into more of that like nourish and kind of like nest and rest for, for the winter to come. Oh my God. I love that analogy. Well, it's all connected because we're connected. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's empowering because it's like, yeah, we are nature. And we I didn't even nature. mention the, the lunar, uh, the lunar uh, parallel as well, but, um, it can vary depending on uh, how your cycle is, but generally um, ovulation is connected with the full moon and because, you know, it's the brightest. It's like, you oh know, God, I think if you were to think in like a primal sense, yeah, like this at night, you know, the, the moon is the brightest. There's like lots of light for activities and so, yeah. you know, higher libido, etc. Um, and then the new moon is when it's the darkest out. So that's usually menstruation associated. So you're like you're resting. It's like deeper sleep. And, oh, my God. That's wild. Did you, um, so was this all the things that you learned in your course that you took or was this like, or is this just your, your findings? Like, like, I don't know. How did you find it? So the course I took was like, it wasn't as, um, in depth. No, it wasn't as like holistically based. Like it was very much more science based, like, you know, on just all like the hormonal processes, like the the sex hormones, the steroid hormones. But I feel like I've read just so many books and like, I don't know, follow so many experts in this field and, you know, just gathered so much of this like info. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. It does make so much sense when you say it. I'm like, duh. Oh my God. Like, it's just like beautiful. It's a great way to think about everything. Mm -hmm. So, 
for each cycle, obviously it's all different season. Are there things that we should be adding to our diet during each phase? Or so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, do you do things during certain parts of your phase where it's like you're intentional about getting more of this in or adding more of that? You know, what I, yeah. putting this in your smoothie. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, um, I would say you could split up the cycle. Actually, no, we'll go by the four phases. Okay. So I would say like starting with like the menstrual phase. Um, you can actually think about it just as we were talking about the earthly seasons. Right. So more, you know, like warming, kind of like actually mineral rich foods are really great because especially just the, you know, the fact that you're losing blood. Right. So focusing in on, um, I know beets are really great. Yeah. yeah. Iron definitely. Um, yeah. A lot of like legumes, like, you know, black beans are really good during that time. Um, and also just like luteal and, um, menstrual phase it's really great to focus on magnesium mm. magnesium i think it's like 97 percent of like americans are deficient and oh. that's like the calming mineral which makes sense right we're like living this like chaotic yeah. super rushed life yeah um and you know i feel like a lot of the diseases that are so present in our society are based off of stress so yeah stress and inflammation yeah exactly so yeah magnesium is a great focus and um as far as plant-based sources i like to focus on cacao is so Mm. incredibly dense in magnesium Mm. um, avocado and cashews oh my god great foods i i need to get cacao i need to get cacao oh my gosh i i want to say this brand i've been using for a while it's called aura but it's actually ceremonial grade cacao from various regions of the the world but um one of my friends, I used to live in Baltimore, and she was trained in cacao ceremonies in her, like, 500-hour yoga teacher training in Bali, and so she, like, brought that back to Baltimore, and she really got me into it, so I feel like I like to do my own, like, cacao ceremony now and make it really special for myself. Wait, I, I have not experienced one yet, so, like, you have to do that on Instagram for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I'd love to follow along. Just, yeah. like, see how to do it and then do it myself, you know? Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's, like, unexpected, too, because, like, 100% cacao, which is, like, you know, what's used yeah. for the ceremonial cacao, is actually quite bitter, but it's so rich and, like, yeah. it just kind of grows on you. I feel like just, you know, growing up or, you know, chocolate we associate with sweetness, but it's, like, it's intense. <laughs> do you put, like, what do you mix it with? It's or, like, just, it's prepare? actually, they come in, like, little discs, oh. and then you... um you heat them up on a pot with just with hot water oh wow and that's it yeah so they have like it's just the cacao and like you know the cocoa butter that comes naturally with the cacao fruit and beans and yeah so it's just pure wow we love um what else like what else do you do what else do you add I would say for like the ovulatory phase, again, yeah. it's like kind of like summer type feelings. Yeah. So you don't need as many like grounding, nourishing foods. I mean, food should always be nourishment, I guess. Yes. But but like um, more fresh raw foods is actually really great for that time. So, you know, a lot of like big salads and you oh, know, maybe some like, you know, extra fruit. And yeah, yeah, because you don't I mean, the other thing, too, that's really interesting. I didn't mention during your luteal phase, your metabolic rate actually increases. Interesting. So that also increases your body temperature. So you're actually burning more calories, and that's why typically you're hungrier. Oh my god! So why does like, that happen? Wait, because your body's just like in going, this. I mean, yeah, it's it's process. I mean, it's building up the uterine lining, which is preparing for menstruation. Or if you, oh, damn. if an egg was like 
um, implanted, then you're preparing for pregnancy. So oh. either way, your body's going through so much and it needs those extra calories. So that's what's just something I feel like, you know, women or vulva owners are like, why am I so hungry? Like, you know, I, I always eat this much. and like, why do I, you know, I'm extra hungry today. Like, yeah, always, yeah just always honor your body because it's, it's giving it, you signals because it needs the extra fuel. It's truly telling you exactly what it wants. Mm-hmm. So just listen, don't freak out about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people freak out about it. Yeah. And then they just like don't eat and then they s- deprive themselves of exactly what they need so and the cravings you get too i mean like during that time oftentimes it is chocolate or it's like more carb i was just about to say it is why do i crave chocolate it's it's again i mean your body is so wise in that like you need that magnesium and then also like the carb heavy foods it's really good to load up on complex carbs during the luteal phase because they actually boost serotonin and your serotonin's dropping so your mood's a little bit less stable damn wow um how did you become so intuitive with your body was it just like that deep dive you did in 2016 you know what I mean you were like oh I need to start really listening more how did like what practices did you start to become intuitive because it's 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 a lost art in my mind do you know what I mean no one listens to their gut anymore no one like Mm -hmm. follows their heart because we do the phone I feel like it's like a Mm -hmm. huge distraction and we just you know look at that for answers instead of what's inside because mm-hmm. we always have the answers inside do you know mm-hmm. oh is, my gosh I is love it a th- point. Yeah. yeah um I feel like with so many things it was like a like when you're young you have all of this like wisdom inside of you and then like you know as we continue to grow and become conditioned you know I feel like we take on this like hyper masculine energy you know whether you're a male or female bodied person it's just the, like the go 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 do 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 like mm-hmm. you know um bbb yeah. yeah so it was I mean I would say I feel like I was always very in tune with my body when I was younger I mean I did a lot of body sports Mm -hmm. and I still like those are my favorites I was like you know into dance gymnastics competitive cheerleading oh wow so I feel like that you know that takes a lot of like just being in tune with your body to move your body in certain ways with any sports as well but um and then I would say also in getting off of hormonal birth control it was like a connection back to like my divine feminine energy Mm. and like realizing so it's like I graduated college and then just you know a few months later I got off the the pill so it was like realizing you know I took so many different like leadership positions and like was like we were saying go 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 like all throughout high school and college and I like just hadn't given myself space to like connect with myself and like you know allow for that um just kind of like flowing allowing that the feminine energy is and like really i mean it is like you know your divine intuitive nature yeah so it was like just me shifting my focus to that more um and then also you know learning about the the four menstrual phases and being able to honor my body and like give myself permission to rest was huge because i feel like we're we feel shame around rest in our society yeah and like celebrating rest instead of thinking of it as like i'm losing productivity is a big like mind shift yeah set shift you're you're recharging you're not Mm -hmm. losing any productivity if anything you're making yourself more productive by resting totally i know i love saying rest is is sometimes the most productive thing you can do oh 100 100 but like when it comes to rest you know you really do have to like not stare like read a book do things that are actually going to nourish your body instead Mm -hmm. of just watching tv unless i i don't know maybe that 
helps some people. I don't want to. Yeah. No, no, I know what you're saying. I mean, but I just feel like it's so nice to get quiet with yourself and really just sit and think. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I love journaling. Do you journal at all? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I yeah. feel like, I mean, yes, that can be like a, you know, turning to a screen can be a little bit less activity than, you know, so in comparison, it could be rest. But I would say like right. to really like fully recharge, I feel like just spending time entirely with yourself because I feel like scrolling through your phone is not spending time with yourself. It's not. Yeah. So um, I always like to think back to what I loved doing when I was younger. And that's oh. still like, you know, it's like turning back to your inner child yes. and like what did she or he like to do? And, you know, doing more of that, those things. I mean, I always, it's funny. I used to love doing this my mom still jokes about it but like I would steal her camcorder you know those big hunky things back in the 90s and set it up and like turn on NSYNC Backstreet Boys whatever and just like dance in front of the camera for hours and film myself and watch it back and be like oh I like that move Let me do so, and it's so awesome. funny because I feel like I mean I still like now I think I've brought back within the last two years like my own solo dance parties again yes and it's so fun and um, I started filming them and putting them on Instagram it's kind of like my own like I don't know I think people feel shame around moving their bodies which is such a such yeah it's I, so sad it, I think it makes them feel uncomfortable yeah so it's like I mean I felt that discomfort with myself like, yeah posting that publicly for others to see and yeah if it's like discomfort arises and them watching me dance um <laughs> but you're so cute when you do it so <laughs> like we love it <laughs> but i'm just like i mean i'm just trying to like i don't know i guess like be vulnerable to like give others permission to do the same and like it's not some like embarrassing thing it's just like we're moving our bodies and that's what we're here on earth to do you yeah. know just celebrate our bodies move them around like it feels good it's good for your nervous system you know is it good for our nervous system oh yeah oh my gosh like dancing shaking um just different like stimulation just kind of shake things up like your your lymphatic system jumping oh i love the lymphatic well i love the idea of the lymphatic system i don't know much about it but (laughs) i love to gouache on my face Mm -hmm. and move it all around because you have to because the lymphatic is like your um it just stores all the toxins right Mm -hmm. if you're not moving it yeah so that's why dancing is important because it gets it all moving yeah and also um besides movement which is like super key in that also sweating so you know exercising to a point where you're sweating or like a sauna or steam room or something like that or being in a humid climate (laughs) oh my god fascinating yeah Yeah, i was gonna ask when you started dancing because i'm like i love i love your she's such such a fun person to follow um like it always makes me um do it i was actually doing it today i had a first solo dance party in the mirror in the bathroom and it was the first time in a long time but i was like blasting the music before you came here and i was like this is so good and it's just like you saw how I answered the door. I was like, hi. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a lot. I know. I mean, I've noticed in myself, like, I feel like sometimes the very times I feel the least like dancing is yeah. when, yeah, when I need to dance and then like your mood is completely like 180 afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You like have to lean into the um, discomfort. I feel like mm-hmm. with that, you know what I mean? You really mm-hmm. just got to like do it and do it and don't be scared to look weird, but yeah. like do it and just smile and laugh uh-huh. and like lean into it. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking now one of the, my like main sources of inspiration to dance as much as I do now, fun. just for fun and um, 
has been going to ecstatic dance events stop it what is yeah so basically the idea of ecstatic dance is dancing like for yourself in whatever way feels good and not concerning yourself with like how you look like whether you're like looking like cool and like sexual and good or whatever you're just a lot of times it's just like a dance space and they say no technology um no substances oh my god and um yeah you're just you're you closing your eyes usually initially um and you're just moving in a totally non-judgmental way to yourself of like just a way that feels good and usually you're tapping into kind of like your primal your primal body so sometimes there'll be like animal sounds and yeah i mean definitely something that you would probably feel very uncomfortable with if you've never done anything like that but like we were just saying you lean into the discomfort and you're like oh my gosh this feels so good yeah yeah just the practice of not judging yourself and just like allowing your body to take the lead that's so fun wait is that like a boulder thing uh no i started going i mean not that i have went super regularly before the pandemic but um baltimore and dc oh wow there were yeah there were a few and then i've been on a few retreats in different places um and we would do that but i mean yeah it's not i mean it could be something that you have just like you know your household your yeah. your partner or by yourself and um i love that i didn't i genuinely didn't know that was a thing yeah it's such a fun world um <laughs> you never know what's i know there. i recommend guys if, if you have an opportunity nearby or just create one for yourself <laughs> yes i'm um pulling up the instagram questions okay. oh horm- somebody's having hormonal acne mm-hmm. and she's on a pill but she d- sounds like she does not want to be on a pill, and she says she's tried a lot of things. Do you have any advice? Okay. Um, I know n- this is all over the place. Well, I'm going to edit it to make it make sense, I promise. No, I, I mean, no, the thing is, I feel like with hormonal acne, there's so many things to look at. Right. So I don't know what pill she's on. Maybe she um, is on some type of, like, like I, like I was saying, I went to a dermatologist when I was younger. Right and you know tried the whole the whole shebang of like what to do so maybe she's on some sort of like antibiotic okay um but what i would recommend is to get a full hormone panel test done don't you do those yeah so the most comprehensive hormone panel is the dutch test yeah so okay cool so it assesses your entire like all of your sex hormones your steroid hormones um yeah your hpa axis which is your hypothalamus pituitary and adrenal glands Mm -hmm. um and then also supporting nutrients so like what those levels are like to Mm -hmm. allow for those processes to happen optimally um but yeah, so it's definitely really important to actually test to understand, like, what's going on because it really could be, like, uh, maybe you were on hormonal birth control and now your testosterone levels are super high. Um, it could be your adrenal function. Maybe there's a lot of stress going on, whether it's, you know, in your external world or it's within your body. Um, That's always my first guess. Mm-hmm. You are what you eat. Yeah. I always think, like, your diet kind of affects what pops yeah, out on the outside. Yeah, there, there could be a lot of inflammation, even, like, the way you go about eating. Like, practicing mm-hmm. mindful eating is really important. And when I say that, I mean, like, the first step of digestion is chewing. So, mm-hmm. like, actually making sure you chew your food well enough. I think the average for um, Americans is, like, one to two chews and swallow. So it's like you're throwing down these huge chunks of food that then the rest of your digestive system has to break down. So it slows down yeah. digestion and... Uh, you're less likely to assimilate all those nutrients and then um also 
like yeah slowing down your eating process Mm. um and you know trying not to have distractions like i think the best thing you can do is to eat with other people honestly Mm. because you're like just focusing in on like you know your conversation and the enjoyment of the food um but yeah so that makes a huge difference i mean any sort of like gut microbiome obstructions that are going on in there are going to affect you know your acne because that's it's how your body processes the nutrients it needs for the various processes. Um, there is a potential for a sluggish liver. That's mm. also an effect of coming off hormonal birth control. Mm. Um, so those are all focuses. Um, but the best thing is to just get tested so we know what to focus on. Yeah, do the Dutch test because knowledge is power. Mm-hmm, and the more sure. you know, the more you can tackle it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boom. Loved that answer. <laughs> I was so curious about the Dutch test. Do a lot of people do the Dutch test with yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, has it changed lives? Like, I mean, finding I, results. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think that for so, a lot of these like struggles are things people have dealt with for so many years with no answers. And they're right. just kind of like, maybe they're Googling and they're kind of like guessing what it might be. And then like spending so much money on maybe supplements or like other investments, but that's maybe not actually what it is. So it's just like, I, you know, I, that's why I'm always just like, just go ahead and invest in the test. Right. And then you can actually, I don't know. I just feel like it can be like a huge waste of money to, to not know. And time, energy, just like mental state. Right. <laughs> Literally. And then when you buy something expensive and it doesn't work and then you're like bummed. Yeah. And then it's just a whole nother, yeah. it's a vicious cycle. When you, when you don't know, you, you don't know. So like you need to find answers first. Yeah. For sure. It's fascinating. Um, let's see. Um, oh, here's another hormone question for men. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you... the How does depression affect your testosterone levels as a male? And is there are there any ways to like raise it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I would actually flip that a bit because low testosterone actually contributes to the depression depression. (gasps) yeah yeah so i would focus yeah yeah. so ways to increase testosterone in men and this can also be in women um, but regular exercise specifically Mm -hmm. resistance training Mm -hmm. that helps a ton um getting oh you're fine that should be good yeah yeah we're all good (laughs) (laughs) getting regular sunlight um and eating a diet that's um for like that would allow for your blood sugar to stay balanced it also has protein fat and fiber Mm. um is really important too so those are i mean those are kind of just basic human health things but um specifically yeah exercise and and sunlight are huge for raising testosterone damn it's so crazy how basic they are but like it's so well it's just everyone wants this like crazy tip and it's crazy how it's always the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exercise, sunlight, good diet, well ba- yeah. well balanced diet. It's like your gut really does affect so many things. I mean, like your your immune system is like 70, 80% right. from like your gut microbiome, um, which yeah. which also impacts like your mood hormones as well, your serotonin, Damn. your dopamine. So all of that contributes to yeah, your mental health as well. Yeah. It's what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Sleeping. <laughs> Leaving with the short sleeve shirt. I know. And shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I can never <laughs> so ridiculous. He actually snowboards with like his long johns and then <laughs> board shorts on top. Oh, and cute. I'm like, no, you look nuts. 
<laughs> I'm like, what are you going swimming after this? He goes, you don't know. <laughs> Just a character. He's character. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. So we do have a lot of questions. How, oh, how to naturally heal my hypothyroidism. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so hypothyroidism is also gonna... known as um, Hashimoto's. Oh. So basically that's an autoimmune disease. So no, and... autoimmune means there's no well, you light. Can, you can uh, work with it so you're not experiencing Crazy these symptoms, symptoms of it. Okay. Um, you know, you can definitely manage it really well. So basically, yeah, your antibodies are are attacking your thyroid and honestly one of the biggest contributors to hypothyroidism Hashimoto's is leaky gut or mm. um, basically your your gut walls are not being as protective as they should be mm. so basically it it typically will prevent um, harmful proteins from entering the gut microbiome mm. and when you have a leaky gut they're actually moving through and then that's when there's a huge inflammatory response because your antibodies are like oh my gosh like alert oh alert God, yeah. um so focusing on your on your gut health is really important like repairing that gut lining so you know everything from practicing mindful eating to you know making sure that you are getting protein fat fiber really focusing on fiber especially mm. um do you have any recommendations for that like what types of foods to eat for fiber um or like, like well, do I you believe in supp supplements yeah i mean yeah. i would say if like definitely food is the foundation but sometimes like yeah. your body's in like a really depleted place yeah. and it can just kind of like bring you back to a more replenished place quicker i wouldn't I, they're always short term though i would yeah. never like continue to always have supplements but um f as far as recommendations definitely i mean focusing on plant-based foods they have a ton of fiber mm. a ton of phytonutrients mm. so i mean dark leafy greens should always be a staple cruciferous vegetables mm. always a staple um legumes are so great i mean they're rich in protein but also just super fiber packed as well um yeah i mean and also just eat with the seasons as well yeah yeah yeah. I feel like you, there's so much to explore. Eat the rainbow. That's just a big rule of thumb. Yeah. That's like the main thing I learned in college. Yeah. <laughs> Eat the rainbow, bitches. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So important. Kind of like. So important. I feel like it's kind of like Skittles, but like just a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Except it all comes from the earth. Yes. <laughs> okay. 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 So are you learning to become a sex educator? Is yes. that like your goal? Yeah. So yeah, I've become really passionate, you know, on hormone health, but that also contributes and is so intermingled with sexual health. It totally is. Yeah. So I want to like also just like make sure that I, you know, am, I know what I'm talking about in full. So right now I'm in a coaching program. It's like 18 months, but it's oh sex, God. love, and relationships. Oh, wow. So it's, it's tantric based. Um, <gasps> oh, wow. Wait, what's, is it a, taught by a woman? Yes, Layla Martin. Oh my God! Do you know her? I so, I think one of my previous roommates took the same course, and she used to tell me all the things that she was learning, and I was like, oh, I think everyone needs to take this. 
because it teaches so much about yourself first Mm -hmm. to then help your clients which is just like so empowering oh my gosh to start wait fascinating yeah that's so cool that you're yeah 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 she's very into sex it's awesome (laughs) i mean i don't know we love it i feel like the more i'm like learning and just like i think i've like come to realize that there's something that just lights me up in talking about more like taboo shame ridden topics and i think it's like me rebelling from my upbringing too yeah you know like i was raised in a pretty like conservative like catholic household and you know it was all like you know you like sex is bad and yeah. like you don't have sex until you're trying to like have kids like after you're married which and, is crazy yeah, to me never learning about the logistics or that like like anything about pleasure wow. it sounded like it was more of like a like a task to create children yeah <laughs> you know um and like also just like sexuality as a whole i mean it's like we just live in a weird society where we're like hypersexualized but also puritanical so it's like women our entire lives are these like we're like sexually objectified but yet the moment we like try to have agency or autonomy over our sexuality we're shamed literally instantly yeah so it's just it's bizarre and then also in that same way it's like you're supposed to like you know be this like pure puritanical uh individual until you get married and then you're supposed to be this like professional sexual creature with your partner and it's going to be magical and like everyone's going to know what what they're doing and and what they're like yeah and what works when it's like no it's a practice like you have to like learn and practice and like yeah get to know yourself first and then um work with your partner and like yeah things get better from there but it's yeah it's silly to just expect to go into the experience and know what you're doing (laughs) truly truly because it's not easy no. <laughs> yeah. well, it's so natural, but like, you know, it's Yeah, there's a I mean there's a lot of like yeah, unlearning and learning. Yeah. And there's so many components to it where it's like so many different people like so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just it's a really fun thing to try and learn mm-hmm. and do yeah. Yeah, to have a beginner's mind going into it. Yeah. Just being open to the possibilities and like yeah. I feel like there's just a lot of rewiring that has to be done around sexuality totally so you did just quit so you just quit a job is it to move into this new coaching space and like give your time give yourself time and space to like become this coach is that like so goal it's funny i actually have had been working in the natural foods industry within sales for the last six years oh really and there was an acquisition to the company i was working for and i actually got laid off oh i'm so sorry no 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 it's (laughs) it's funny because i mean i you know was maintaining this like business very small business on the side right you know also wanting to give more time and energy to it that i felt i couldn't because of my full-time job right and then i would kind of joke and be like i don't know like if i got laid off it would be like such a or you know it would be such a sign that like this is my like path and then like i was like how on earth like the universe is just hilarious it's it gives you exactly what you need baby so i found out that i'd be laid off it was like Halloween weekend and then my actual termination date was the last day of the year. So, you know, I'm on severance right now. So I'm just trying to like, yeah, navigate this new space. I mean, I have a lot more freedom to create my days, but also saying I'm a full-time student in this course. Right. They they compare it to like a 
master's level course where you're like oh it's in like three classes a day and oh, all homework and it's yeah. intense yeah, there's a lot to it it's so intense which is why i'm like let's go honestly i i didn't know you were in natural fruits as a salesperson i thought green colleen was your only thing for no. the longest time Aww. because you're that good at it Oh like gosh, it's just wow. like it's like you're calling do you know what i'm saying like you found your thing which is really cool which i just want for everyone which is why i want to interview everyone you know because Aww. it's out there i feel like you found your calling too this is like yeah i have your fun jam i have fun with this <laughs> yes <laughs> sometimes words are hard for me but you know what we push through and we do it anyway i feel that entirely <laughs> what are you doing what, what are you doing <laughs> oh you're a good person. Just doing, yeah, a little. Do you have any questions cold, about sex? Cold weather. Therapy. No. <laughs> what was the question? I said, do you have any questions about sex? He said, no, don't involve me. <laughs> it's so funny. We're 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 um, we're we're I like, I don't want to say sh- um. I don't want to talk shit on our sex life. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I feel like there's so much for us to learn and explore together, which yeah. I'm like excited to do. He's always like, I'll try whatever you want to try. Yeah. I'm like, you're just so nice for saying that. That's you know amazing. what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like some people on the sex scale are like so experienced and love talking about it to friends. And sometimes it's just a little hard for me to open yeah. up because it's like you said, it's it's vulnerable. Yeah, it's and very there's, vulnerable. There's so much conditioning. I think like one of the first things to do and going about this if you want to explore like other realms of your sexuality or just deepen your practice is to like go back throughout your childhood and your entire upbringing and try to pinpoint all of the like sources of conditioning that you have endured so like whether it be from your mom your dad your siblings your friends your religious background um, the medical system, media, yeah, like just kind of even maybe like write these things down, yeah. And if you can kind of maybe even in a meditation, or bring yourself back to that place and just, you know, tell yourself that you're safe and like, you know, like you can be like free and express yourself and like, yeah, being safe in your body. I feel like is the first thing. Like actually feeling that, yeah, is important. <laughs> it it really is. I, that's a really good exercise to go write that all down because I have been like the past few weeks I've been trying to like think of where I wanted to take this conversation and all this stuff and I was like my mom literally wouldn't shut up about sex so I'm so confused why I have such a hard time talking about it you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like it's she literally I remember from so young she was like okay so now that you know what your vulva is we're gonna talk about sex and i was like what now you know like oh my gosh yeah i'm she was so empowering she's such a good mom but like i just don't know what happened when i wanted to stop talking about it you know so i need to think back even harder yeah well it's so awesome that she was so open like that i'm so grateful it's like it's hard because i feel like i follow a lot of um uh like parenting around sexual education as well that's fun yeah so it's like just trying to meet the child like where they're at right um at each like different age group because honestly a lot of times 
I mean, I don't have memories of this, but like when you're a young child, like, you know, two, three to like five, seven years old, oh, wow. like you start like discovering like what might feel good in your body, whether it's kind of like, you know, touching yourself right. or like rubbing yourself on things. And like a lot of parents' reactions because of their own conditioning is like, no, no don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. And so like you start to wire like your own body and your own pleasure with like, oh, that's bad. Wow. And that's inappropriate. And that's like gross or shameful or whatever. So. Um, it's important to like I feel like for parents to make sure their kids know that like that's okay and it's beautiful and you know that's awesome that that feels good but like just be in a safe space when you do that so it's like you know going to the bathroom or whatever like oh my god yeah yeah like you going to the bathroom is great it's what your body needs but like don't do it in the kitchen I don't right know. <laughs> it's inappropriate yeah <laughs> but it's good yeah it's good yes <laughs> just the wrong place oh my god that's so funny that's good advice yeah um so lots of questions about orgasms mm-hmm. which i know can be hard for for i know is hard actually for a lot of women mm-hmm. and i feel like it goes back to the whole not being educated about how we're supposed to feel during sex it's not just for the man do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i feel like no one ever taught us that it's a what just that we're supposed to orgasm too mm-hmm. so do you know like why sometimes people get blocked from having orgasms mm-hmm. yeah or if it's like harder for some people like do you know why that happens is it just a mind body disconnect well okay there's so many layers to this for sure i would say yeah first of all what you were alluding to before i mean i feel like as women um or you know female-bodied people we kind of like are taught this narrative from porn you know media that we're almost like performing in a sexual experience rather than like having it to experience pleasure for ourselves right it's like the the goal of the experience is to have the other person pleasured which you know both partners can experience pleasure um, in that container Um, but it's also like you're saying we don't know our own anatomies so um, I first of all I'm just going to recommend to everyone to read Come As You Are and Becoming Clitorate they're like incredible resources for like understanding your body your body and debunking all these myths around uh sex and sexuality but basically i think it's like majority of women cannot orgasm from penetration alone so it's like redef oh my god yeah and i don't like how we define sex as like penis and vagina equals sex and i think that's why a lot of like these you know lgbtq plus communities are having better sex yeah because they know that that's not the definition of sex yeah i feel like yeah i mean the focus first of all it doesn't have to be on orgasm it's just like providing each other pleasure yes so it's like more about you know the cliche like it's more about the the journey than the destination <laughs> but <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah but it's like we need that external stimulation for yeah. the most part um, so, you know, identifying your clitoris and like, you know, making sure that that is a focus. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's going to vary person to person. But for the most part, like women need a lot more foreplay. A lot. It's something like 40 minutes is the average amount that women need to then be, you know, lubricated enough to have 
a penis enter the vagina. I am dead. 40 minutes. Yeah. Wait, that's incredible. Like the though. optimal amount of like lubrication. And again, it's going to vary person to person right, and whatever yeah. they're going through, whatever phase they're in, you know, so true. it could take a lot longer if you're in your luteal or menstrual phase, oh, but, shit. but, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, just being patient, knowing that like foreplay is like an absolutely necessary part of sex. It's not like an optional thing. That's right. like, that is i mean that can be the main shebang honestly yeah, that's be. my favorite part exactly exactly <laughs> and the other thing love i like to, yeah i mean i love it all but <laughs> yes and the other thing i like to say is like it's so there's two different types of um arousal there's spontaneous arousal which is more common in men oh. and that's like you're washing dishes and you're like i'm horny i want to have sex literally <laughs> or there's a responsive arousal which is like you are responding to like some sort of like sex- sexual stimuli whether that's a like, touch uh-huh. or like a like something you're seeing yeah um but yeah with all that being said especially for women it's important to remember someone said this at some point and i love it but foreplay begins the moment sex ends so it's like all the interactions and whatnot that like you and your partner are going through until leading. your next sexual oh experience my god, I are leading love, up you oh know because it's so mental that. for women oh my god yeah. I like love even that. if you're not in in recognition but you're like oh they said something before and like it's kind of weighing on me but yeah maybe it's not even like in your conscious but it's in your subconscious right but um yeah also just like maintaining like just intimacy outside of the bedroom like non-sexual intimacy you know just like yeah holding hands like speaking kind words to each other you know just like touching casually oh my god just get back into the romance (laughs) yes oh my god that's so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) like i love that i love that sentence foreplay starts the minute sex ends i think that's a huge fucking takeaway for everyone here Mm -hmm. right now remember that always tell your partners turn up the volume if you're listening to this with your partners Uh because that's a good ass tip yeah totally it does matter because like if you do get in a fight you're not gonna you're not feeling any kind of wanting to give up anything good you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's like it's total turn off yeah and i think that can also be said for like it's really important i think in all of this and this is gonna touch on just like being able to orgasm but like your own sexual relationship with yourself mm-hmm. like i can relate i resonate so much with this question this inquiry because i did not orgasm until i was 25 years old i kind of had a feeling that i hadn't i mean i feel like it ranged from like me kind of feeling like n- not really anything like it was it would right. feel like good during sex and this was kind of like i don't know super disconnected sex like in college right and then it would like sort of feel pleasurable but like just nothing that people would describe like oh you'll just know it's like a right. sneeze you <laughs> 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 always say that and i was yeah. like oh, yeah i don't think so but yeah my first time actually orgasming was when i got my first vibrator when i was 25 yeah and you know i was single and i was like all right like I know this is possible. Like for a while I was convincing myself, Oh, I'm just, I'm one of those people that can't orgasm. Cause oh. I had all these friends, you know, that like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, just orgasm. It was great. Like we just, and I was like, how? And like, yeah, we just orgasm together when we're like, you know, he's inside me or whatever. And I'm like, and now, you know, as much as I've learned, I realized that that's actually pretty rare to not have like external, like clitoral stimulation and mm. still be able to 
to orgasm like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, so I got my first vibrator when I was 25, and that's when I had my first orgasm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting, like, you know, to really build this, like, relationship with myself in this way. And um, I think that something that we also are super disconnected from is, like, the whole foreplay begins as soon as sex ends is the same with yourself like the way like your sexual energy is also like your creative energy Mm. it's like embodying like your your feminine essence like you know how you like move through the world and like yeah like the the passion you feel in your life like for it doesn't have to be about sex but like for other things like you know your your relationships um your hobbies your work yeah damn that's so crazy I love that. Did was um, did you like set the mood for your first? Well, your first night with the vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> did you have all this like altar practice that you do now, or no? Honestly, just, no. no. I was so this is too out much. of. T- I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no. I love all these questions. I mean, <laughs> I was so out of. I was just like, I don't know. Like, it was kind of like. Did you feel like a bad girl when you were first using it by yourself? Because I remember when I first had my own, I I felt bad isn't this crazy i felt bad doing it to myself mm-hmm. and bad yeah. like giving myself pleasure like uh-huh. that was where i was in my mind i'm like this is so dirty but it's like no it's fucking beautiful mm-hmm. that you can do this that you have this time to do this so like just get at it you know yes. just get at it yes oh my gosh i mean i was i felt a lot of shame around it i mean i was like yeah. making sure the packaging was going to be super discreet i was living with a roommate oh at the God. time i didn't tell her um i made sure like she was in bed and like you know i was kind of like hiding under the covers and um no i didn't set up any like special space i feel like i was like i don't even know if this is gonna work but like yeah. let's just see and yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like that's a good thing to do now like if you are struggling maybe start making this a whole ritual like a ritualistic experience mm-hmm. like do set the do set the mood like who taught you to or where did you get inspired to start doing that because I think setting up a space with some good textures some good scents some good lighting do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. can really get you out of your own head and into the now yeah I love that you just said that because yeah yeah in actually you know, going about orgasm and getting out of your head and into your body, a huge thing is like moving into your senses. So, you know, setting Mm. yourself up to really be immersed in like your sight, your sound, the like, you know, what you're feeling, um, what you're smelling. Um, and that I feel like, you know, instead of like having all these intrusive thoughts about like what, what's going on the day what's happening afterwards you're just fully experiencing what your senses are and i think that that then translates into like when you are in that sexual experience you can focus in on your whatever sensory experience is happening instead of what you're thinking yeah and it's also like it's like meditation right that's what i was thinking yeah you know sometimes your mind wanders and you're not shaming yourself for it you're just like okay that's what's happening but i'm gonna bring it back to my senses now yeah damn Oh, something I actually really love to um, yes. allow, like, just provide education on is that I think you, you learn about this in becoming clitorate, but, like, in the womb, like, female and male bodies are the same, like, all of our parts are the same, and they just kind of start moving in different directions and, like, shift slightly in uh, what they grow into, but the clitoris and, like, 
the whole like penis structure uh-huh. or we're actually the same part so i think it helps like male body people understand female bodies a bit better and that like that is the level of sensitivity there's actually more sensitivity in the clitoris in, yes but yeah it's that level of sensitivity so you can like you can think of like no one would expect a flaccid penis to have sex, right? Right. So like oh. your your clitoris also engorges when you're oh. ready to have sex. Damn. So, you know, it's just Is it like noticeable? Yeah. Yeah. I guess we can't see it our own clitoris. And it's also dependent <laughs> on your body too because sometimes your clitoral hood is like it it's some are covered more than others. So oh, it just depends wow. on your body. But um but yeah, so it's just like when you're like aroused and ready to go that's the time when you would yeah want to like have any sort of entering going about damn wow or else it's gonna like hurt (laughs) yeah literally have you ever like um this might be so tmi but like like pleasured yourself in a mirror just to see what's going on oh my gosh that is a a huge really important practice really i think that like we were saying in order to have like really enjoyable pleasurable sex with a partner it's really important to have that with yourself first damn like know your anatomy and know what feels good for you and then that translates into whatever you're experiencing with your partner you can communicate effectively in that way um but it's like i know firsthand it's it's kind of a scary experience i was gonna say it might be i feel like i would be intimidated yeah, honestly because i feel like the pussy's powerful i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> it's it just, is <laughs> yes such <laughs> truth be like oh damn girl (laughs) yes and it's i think it's i think it's um partially because the way it's positioned it's hard for us to see yeah like i know for like male-bodied people it's like like there there, you see it all the time um but also you know there is still that conditioning that shame around it of like like you i don't know it's like it's smelly it's like weird looking it's misshapen you know no, that like kills me. There's like such a thing as labiaplasty. What? Where I mean, oh. if you look to like porn and like other media forms where like you know the vulva is shown, a lot of times the labias are like super even or like it, like completely inner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then you know, the vulva not- owners look to themselves and they're like, oh, like mine looks so weird. Like, yeah. And it's actually really common to have like your labia like one side being longer than the other them hanging out a little bit yeah so like sick labiaplasty is when they basically like cut your labias oh yeah so they're like more inward not hanging down which is just sickening oh my god oh but it just it breaks my heart because i'm just like women go through that torture just because of like the amount of shame they feel for how their bits look you know yeah um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put this part in there but i did go see a doctor once or maybe i will who knows um and it was just like a checkup whatever and i guess he saw my labias long labias Mm -hmm. i've got them and um he was like you know there's surgery to fix this (gasps) and i said fix what and he's like these are really like like you can change the way this all looks and it was a man and I was 18 years old and I like went home and I was like I didn't know something was wrong you know what I mean like I had never no one had ever said anything all my sexual partners never fucking complained but like this doctor just felt the need to tell me that and I was like it, it 
made me scared to have sex for like a few years, honestly. Oh my gosh, that makes me so livid. Oh Isn't my god, crazy. And it's I mean, like such unsolicited advice that was it an OBGYN? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So then I, I don't know. That's so harmful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, it is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It was like the college OGBYN. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was no one. I don't know. Yeah. Not like my primary doctor or whatever, yeah. but just a random and. Who had an opinion? Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. That should like be illegal. I mean, I don't I know. even know. Like that's yeah. This is the kind of reform we need in in the medical uh, schooling system. I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think yeah. That's another thing that I think people just need to know because I think a huge question in talk around sexuality is like, am I normal? Yeah. And like the answer is like always yes because yes. we're all like. We're all so different, but also like most of the things you probably think you're abnormal for are actually quite normal, quite popular, I should say, quite common. Yeah. And we just, they're not talked about because there's so much conditioning around it that we feel uncomfortable talking about them. Yeah. This is why I'm excited for this next generation because I feel like we are already so open about this Mm -hmm. and like the younger kids are just going to be so knowledgeable, so educated. And it's just like, I'm very excited for the future, honestly. I know. And we actually, we have some good precedents already set. Like it's very true. The Netherlands. Oh, tell me. As far as like, you know, sexual health education, they actually, I think for, I don't know how many years now, but it's like pleasure-based sexual health education. So besides just like the logistical Actually, we don't even really learn that much like logistical things besides penis no, we, and vagina. <laughs> we learn nothing. We no. learn that you get STDs if you have sex and be, have get pregnant with right. babies. Yeah, yeah like so that's like the two things. Doesn't that we... sound very good. No. <laughs> yeah. So you learn nothing about pleasure and that like, yeah, sex can be like such an incredibly like transformative, pleasurable experience, and it's like a gift that humans have get to, to do connect it. with one another. Yeah. And yeah, experience pleasure, but um, yeah, so they actually learn like like ways in which they can experience pleasure and just kind of like you know safe sex, like oh you know, obviously like consent and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like feeling safe within your bodies. I have a friend that lives in the Netherlands that I have learned this from, and it's like a national level that they have this. That's so cool. That is so cool. I know. I mean, also, I think that that has reduced the amount of like unwanted pregnancies yeah so just you learn more about your body and like how to go about that in a safe right. way you're just so aware i love awareness mm-hmm. so what so i'm like very i'm loving this um <laughs> i just want to know like where do you see yourself going with all this you really want to educate everyone is there like a specific like do you want like do you want your talk show like what is colleen's dream in the world of being a hormone and sex specialist gosh i'm still trying to figure that out exactly um it's fine that's like a great answer because i like yeah because there's so much realm is so interesting to me and i'm so passionate about it but I know it is important to kind of like niche down and like find something that's like, yeah, that I can specifically like help with and become like an absolute expert on. Um, and I know in this course that I'm taking sex, love and relationships, you actually pick a major. It's split into three trimesters, oh, which is pretty cool. Oh my God. But in the second, no, third trimester, you pick a major, I think. Um, and it can be like relationships. It can be like female sexuality. Oh, um, wow there's like 10 to choose from so i think that'll help me get a little clearer um 
But yeah, for now, I mean, I'll continue with um, things on Instagram. Actually, I've gone through such a social media evolution where I started with a blog back in 2013. I love these like stories. Even before I went vegan. And that was just kind of a fun, like, long form. Like, this is what I'm doing in my day. This is what I'm eating. This is how I'm exercising. You know, I think blogs were super, super popular. Back I then. started one too. Yeah. I did Living Madly. I just wanted to talk yeah. about where I was going, what I was doing, yeah. how I was living. I yeah. Know, and I loved reading them, like, like yeah. blogs. So I was like, okay, like, it'll be interesting for, I mean, I can do this too. I honestly wrote it for my grandmother. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just I, to keep up. Uh-huh, I resonate because I feel like a lot of my extended family and my family, because I was in college, yeah. would read that and they'd be like, oh, cool. Like, we saw that you're doing this. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, and then I moved into, I started the Instagram that I have now. It was like, I don't know, it wasn't what it is now. Like, Instagram okay. is so much more multifaceted. Yeah. But I started a YouTube channel right after college. Shut the front door. Yeah. So that that was very involved. I mean, like, having a YouTube channel and, like, That's taking the videos and editing, which I'm sure editing a podcast is also yeah, a yeah. lot. Um, so there's that. But then I focused probably two years had gone by, and then I started focusing more so on Instagram. But now I feel like it's, like... A YouTube channel in it a blog. It's like a micro blog in the captions, it's, and then yeah, it's like everything a, you want it to be. Yeah, it's like it's a, a YouTube great channel. tool. Yeah, so um, for now, focusing on that, I also um, am trying to bring back my blog. Cool. <laughs> and um, have that as you know something where I can put all of my resources, like recipes and cool. practices that I talk about. So it's just an easy resource for people. Um, and yeah, I mean, I see myself coaching for sure. Cool. Like I, I do just, you know, love working with, with women specifically. Um, You're going to be perfect coach. No, thank like, you. Like literally. I'm just excited. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, the other thing. Oh my gosh, yes. I can't believe I forgot to say this. So I thought it was going to be more of a long-term thing, but mm. in the short term, I'm actually trying to set up um, middle school and high school speaker events. Oh, thank God, yeah. Colleen. Thank God. Literally, thank God. Yeah. So, I, oh my God, how's that going? So, I was made aware um, by someone that I know that works with the um, Colorado School Board that they have a a really large 2022 mental health budget, <gasps> which I think can be totally yeah so i think that that i don't know what it's gonna look like if it's gonna be like classrooms or if it's gonna be you know an auditorium it could be kind of intimidating but i'm sure i could work up to it you'll be fine yeah yeah Um, it's kids you know you know what i mean like yeah they're just gonna look up to you no matter what you do or say they're just gonna be like she's on stage that's so cool (laughs) do you know what i'm saying it's so good to put yourself out there i swear to god it yeah i I think that like once i just get over probably the first couple times exactly i really love it but i'd say my aim is to focus on menstrual cycle awareness i think hormonal birth control can be kind of tricky because i feel like it's almost more so i need to speak to the parents yes because the kids yeah yeah. i think menstrual cycle awareness is like such a crucial foundation that's missing i agree I agree because I really I knew nothing about it until my friend Jocelyn started really mm-hmm. read these books you know mm-hmm. do this and I was like oh this is pretty this is pretty fascinating stuff you know yeah. what I mean like I feel like we just scratched the surface but there's so much to it and if you can hone in and understand how your body's actually functioning like you can make it work for you mm-hmm yeah totally it's like kind of my idea around it you know what mm-hmm. i mean i don't know 
yeah. you're just less harsh on yourself when you're not feeling up to doing certain tasks that you need to get done. You know what I'm like? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll even say like, sometimes I feel like I am harsh on myself when I'm like maybe in a phase that would typically have higher energy. Right. But I'm not feeling higher energy. I'm like, I'm supposed to be feeling this way. But I think just like another learning is to like remove the shoulds. Oh. And like that's, it can be like, you know, it's a tool to like understand what your body is likely experiencing and how to honor it. But like the most telling thing is how your body's like actually feeling. And it's a practice to listen to your body too. Yeah. So I feel like if you, I don't know, have been ignoring it for most yeah. of your life, yeah. it's not going to be too easy to like come back listen into to it. the whispers. And I, but the more you, tune in like the whispers will become more like speaking voices and yeah 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 how we meditate we meditate to become in tune right yeah 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 start much yeah for real for real wait so i'm excited about the middle schoolers Mm. and then yeah you're you're just killing it you're killing it i see such bright things oh thank you so much (laughs) it's honestly i'll say starting a business and like now having this be my sole focus yeah i know when you are like in a relationship it can be such a mirror to like whatever you are experiencing or have like i don't know things that you need to work on yeah you kind of like start to see that in the other person and it's such like a learning but i feel like the same can be said for like starting a business yeah so it's like all these like limiting beliefs and like self-worth type things imposter syndrome whatever that you feel like you've worked through and they come up again and you're like oh my gosh I thought I already dealt with this isn't that crazy yeah no matter how long you're gonna be doing what you're doing like you're always gonna have doubt some for some reason Mm -hmm. but I read a sentence the other day that I think you could actually relate to um because like sometimes I'm like sometimes I'm like who do I think I am you know what I mean like doing this all like putting myself out there like who do I think I am but I read a sentence and it says I make myself big so that I can create space for others to shine, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm making myself bigger so that I can do everything for everyone else. I I I probably butchered that. that. Yeah, but isn't that, like, a good way to look at it? Mm -hmm. Make space for yourself so you can make space for others. Yeah, completely. I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, reminding ourselves, too, that, like, we're all unique and we all have like something special to contribute to the world so even if you feel like someone's doing something similar like you're doing it in your way which is exactly what the world needs right yeah <laughs> i just love that you said that because i said that on my last episode oh, it's, you did. Truth. <laughs> it's true oh. <laughs> we are all magic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it it blows my mind sometimes mm-hmm. But like, yeah. yeah, there's something out there for everyone and everyone needs what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was absolutely fantastic. Yes, this was a blast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shout out to uh, Kayla Farrell for connecting the two of us. Yeah. I couldn't be more grateful for you. And if you are still here listening, thank you. We are so grateful for you. Where can everyone find you? Find your website? Can they work with you? Like give them all the deets yeah so i'm the most active on instagram so that's at green colleen and my website is currently my course landing page so if you are looking for support and transitioning off of hormonal birth control that is greencolleen.com and there's all info on like what the course entails it's uh 
independent self-paced but super jam-packed with info um, and practices in there Um, and then if you are interested in getting a dutch test to understand like your personal hormonal landscape then if you go to my instagram there's a link in the bio for um, the intake form for that all right well do you have any final words for them any words of wisdom advice just any motivating thought i would say as a general theme for everything we talked about just the practice of returning to your body will empower you like none other yeah boom boom (laughs) i love it thank you so much for coming on thank you this was incredible yay and we will see you all (laughs) i don't know where this random singing comes from next week (laughs) bye